Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mike Max has the night off. Uh, He took a few days this week. He is getting his winter weather gear prepared for the NHL's winter classic at Target Field. You're going to be brutally cold. Bundle up if you're going. Good luck. I had a couple of tickets on my dash, ran an errand today, went into the store, came out. There were four tickets to the Winter Classic on my dash. I'm kidding, of course. Um, I wouldn't go. I I wouldn't go. Too cold. Sorry. Um, But uh, for those of you that are going, once again, good luck. Uh, Have fun. Uh, there was a little bit of Viking news today, and we're going to go to Matthew Collar from Purple Insider, who's good enough to join us uh, here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. He covers the Vikings year-round. And I suppose he went into this day and thinking, oh, it's going to be a quiet New Year's Eve as we get ready for Green Bay and Minnesota on Sunday night. Uh-uh. That's big news, Matthew. <laughs> oh, I, I never think it's going to be a quiet day in Viking land. I've been doing this long enough now to know that at any given time this yeah. this could happen. And actually, uh, this week we were prepared for the possibility that Kirk Cousins could test positive because his backup quarterback, Sean Mannion, tested positive last week. And, I mean, these guys spend all sorts of time together in the same meeting rooms and practice. They get along really well, so they're talking all the time. And, uh, you know, the way that – COVID is spreading with the Omicron variant. It seems like uh, there was a very high possibility, and that's made even higher by the fact that Kirk Cousins is unvaccinated. And then you add the fact that there are different rules for vaccinated and unvaccinated players in the NFL. So now Mike Zimmer said he didn't think that Kirk Cousins had symptoms. Adam Schefter reported something different, but I think uh, it seemed like Schefter had it wrong because um, Cousins has to test every day, and, and Schefter was talking about him reporting his symptoms, so that uh, those two things don't really match up. But either way, if he was asymptomatic and tested positive as a, uh, uh, as a vaccinated player, he would still be able to come back. Um, but the fact that he's unvaccinated means he has to now sit out. Uh, and so there's a, there's a difference there, and I think that's what brings a lot of the scrutiny to Kirk Cousins is – he made a decision that made this possible. And when Mike Zimmer was talking way back in uh, early August, when when uh, Cousins had to sit out because he was a close contact, this was the exact scenario that Mike Zimmer was asked about. And he said, I'll be really upset, basically, if, if it happens when it could have been prevented. And 
you know, I, of course, vaccinated people are still testing positive and, and still getting the illness and, and sitting out sports. That's possible. But uh, the door is far more wide open for an unvaccinated player. And I think that's where a lot of the scrutiny comes for Cousins as they go into a game with their playoff hopes on the line. And, and this theme goes beyond Cousins. The, the Vikings, the, the lowest vaccination rate, anyway, at one point in time in the NFL, uh, a number of their star players, a number of their leaders ha- have been unvaccinated. But it, it's different. Quarterback in the NFL and the amount of money he's making, um, it, it, it is different. And this isn't going to play well with the fans. No matter how you feel about vaccination, the fact that he isn't available and has had this anti-vax stance, it, it just makes it very difficult on the PR side. <laughs> well, no, you're, you're absolutely right uh, that no matter how you feel about it personally, you want your quarterback to play, right? I mean, yeah, uh, you know, sure. I, I know I know that there are some people that are looking at Cousins and saying, hey, good for him. He's doing what he believes in. And uh, I guess I just – I can't really understand that stance, you know, because a very, very, very high percentage of the NFL is vaccinated. I think it's over 90% um, is vaccinated. And, and the Vikings brought in every expert – that they could find and Mike Zimmer did everything he could to educate the players to answer all of their questions and things like that and at basically at that point if you've got all the information from the uh, uh, foremost experts in the world and you're still saying no then you know you're putting yourself at risk to miss games and these players will do all sorts of other things to play like Kirk Cousins has a cracked rib um, you know, did he take some, some vitamins for that or something, something else? You know, I mean, these players will play through all sorts of things. Um, and then, but for some reason, the line was drawn here. And it seems, uh, you know, Mike Zimmer going back kind of said it's really just, you know, misinformation, which is the cause of some of these players uh, not wanting to get vaccinated. And so, you know, it was very difficult reporting on it uh, earlier this, this year because of just how much of a hot topic it is. But, when it comes down to it, there you had two avenues. You can choose the avenue where you're much more likely to stay in the game or much shorter time on the COVID list or much less chance that you're going to test positive, or you could you know, go the other direction and, and Cousins, he chose his path, and now he has to live with it, the fact that he's going to be sitting at home watching Sean Mannion play in the biggest game of the year. Yeah, and uh, really a do-or-die game. And there's so much more on the line here than than the Vikings being eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, the general manager, the head coach are on the hot seat. That's no secret. Uh, the, this season, for a lot of reasons, has gotten to the point where they're fighting for their playoff lives because on paper, if they were able to stay relatively healthy, this was a team that probably had enough talent to get into the playoffs, but... Week in, week out, it's been a roller coaster ride. There's been close wins. There's been close defeats. There, there's been uneven performances in game, week to week. It's had it all. So there, there's a lot more on the line than just one game against Green Bay or getting into the playoffs. This could be the end of the line for for Mike Zimmer and and Rick Spielman and a major changing of the guard and, and probably the end of the line for a lot of his teammates. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's a few things off of that. I mean, one, it might make the decision easier uh, because if they win in Green Bay and they win against Chicago and then, you know, the Wilfs have to look at it and say, 
Well, nine and eight still isn't really good, and we barely slipped into the playoffs. Well, the Packers are great again, and we've been doing this dance for a long time where we're kind of in the playoffs barely or out of the playoffs, very similar to the Minnesota Wild during the Parisian sewer era of, like, is this, does anybody think this is good? Like, <laughs> not really, right? Um, being mediocre is not competing for championships. It's barely, you know, surviving above the teams that are horrible. But, uh, this is a, this is a, I think an important point about Cousins missing this game is there are a lot of players who have missed a game or games, including a number of quarterbacks across the league. Aaron Rodgers is one of them that have had to miss a game because of COVID. Uh, Aaron Rodgers misses a game because of COVID and his team is still fighting for the number one seat because they won the other games and they're a better football team and they didn't miss field goals at the end and they didn't fumble the ball away and they didn't give up, you know, game winning drives to Jared Goff and Cooper Rush. Like, yes, Cousins deserves the scrutiny because he made a choice and that and he knew that this was possible and then it came to fruition. So he deserves the criticism that he's getting because he made that choice. However, this team had so many opportunities, and, and you can look at Zimmer, you can look at Spielman, you can look at defensive players, you can look at people who are highly paid who haven't played as well as they're supposed to this year. There's a lot of blame to go around, so it will be remembered that Cousins missed this game, and if they don't win, of course, um, that this was the end of the road, and possibly, like you said, very possibly the end of the road for everybody here, including Cousins, um, but it's also a fate that they earned, that they had no room whatsoever for something to go wrong. And then the other thing is, too, just to add to that, they went into the season with Kellen Mond as their backup quarterback, and then they had to yeah. sign Sean Mannion last minute. I mean, they, they didn't bring in a veteran-proven backup quarterback. If this was someone like Case Keenum starting this game, we would feel like they had a decent chance to win. But they said, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to bring in you know, this rookie and then hope he can do it. And then when he couldn't, oh, no, we've got to sign Sean Mannion at the very last second before the season starts. So they made their own fate in a lot of ways here. Yeah, and to amplify that, when it comes to Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer and the decisions they made on the personnel side, and I I, I think it is a collaboration. I'm I'm not in the room, but I would assume that Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer collaborate a great deal on the draft and on free agents, etc. And the one thing in this era – is that the offensive line, even for the most casual fan, has been a glaring weakness. And then the people who cover it in-depth, week in and week out like you. I mean, offensive line, every year it's a reoccurring theme. And once again, the offensive line seems to be a patchwork. At times they've played well. At other times it's been a liability. No, you're right. And that's where you talk about pointing the finger at everybody as we get to the end of the season, which if they lose in Green Bay is officially a failure. Um, because you can, and then you make a really good point because anytime we talk to Rick Spielman, he says it's a group effort. We all make these decisions together. Now, how true that is, we don't know. But if you're going to say that, then we should hold all the parties responsible, sure. including Mike Zimmer and what he wants for a roster and how he wants it built, Spielman putting it together, the players he selected. Look at the free agent signings that they made. They signed a nose tackle. They're one of the worst run defenses in the league. They signed cornerbacks. They're one of the worst at coverage in the league. Uh, they, they refused to address the offensive line outside of trading a sixth-round pick for Mason Cole. They have one of the worst interior offensive lines in the NFL. They continue to give Garrett Bradbury chances at center when it 
you could have seen in the first two years that he was in over his head, but they said, no, we're going to continue to run him out there. They moved a, a project tackle into guard and said this will be fine, and the guy leads the league in penalties. I mean, these are all things that going into this season were foreseeable. Oh, we're going to draft a third-round guard, and he's going to start. Well, that doesn't happen that often, that middle or late-round picks become starters. Kellen Mond, we'll draft him, and he'll be a fine backup. Well, the rookies sometimes aren't even close to ready, as we saw from Ian Book the other night trying to play for the Saints. And and all the people calling for Kellen Mond, I mean, I get where you're coming from, but if you saw him in training camp and preseason, he's going to look like Ian Book if he plays in a real game. So, you know, I think that there's just, there's a lot of fingers to be pointed, and as we reach the end of the line here, potentially, um, it, it should kind of all come into focus that you can't keep doing this with these people that they've had their run. They had some success, but the last four years being like this, it's time to move on and uh, save for some miracle where Sean Mannion throws for 400. They beat the Packers and go on to reach the NFC championship or something. But if that doesn't happen, uh, then I think you, you can look at the totality and say, this, this is just not a process that is setting you up to be the best version of what you can be. And Mike Zimmer's doing Kellen Mond a huge favor. Are you kidding me? Sunday night football, frigid Green Bay against a, a team trying to earn home field advantage in the NFC playoffs. That That's a lot on any rookie, even an established rookie that has shown he, he can play and he belongs in the NFL. Mond's shown none of that to this point. Putting him on that stage is just unfair to the kid. And, and I'm glad Mannion's getting the shot. It is the right decision. I definitely think it's the right decision. I mean, if you want to try to win the game at all. I mean, there are people like, yeah. let's see what Mond has. Well, why would you do that? I mean, if you win the game, you're a 50-50 shot for the playoffs. Which, you know, look, I mean, last year, Kirk Cousins barely had to throw a pass in the wind in Green Bay, and the Vikings somehow came out with a win because Delvin Cook took over the game. It's always possible. They've won games where Cousins has thrown 12 passes before. Uh, you know, there, there are backup quarterbacks who have won games in the league. We've seen that. Taylor Heineke was a guy the Vikings cut. He won some games for Washington. It's not impossible. It is impossible if you throw out somebody that looks like Ian Book did the other night for the Saints which is, I mean, Kellen Mond, think about this. When Kyle Sloter was here, and which he, they brought him back as the, the third quarterback, he dominated the preseason, right? And the Vikings still felt like if we put him in a real game, it's going to be a problem. Kellen Mond in the preseason was barely completing half of his passes. I mean, it, like, it, he wasn't even dominating the, the fourth quarter of preseason games. That means he's really far away from being – uh, a quarterback, and you're really not trying to find out anything for the future. With Cousins, they're going to trade him away and then draft a the first-round pick, or they're going to give him a contract extension, but now giving him a contract extension seems really unlikely. Um, but th- they're not they're not going to turn it over to Kellen Mond next year, so that really isn't shouldn't be much of a consideration. You are trying to win this football game, and so that Sean Mannion gives you your best chance. Yeah, one final thought, and and we've only got a little bit of time, and this is a huge can of worms, but it is worth bringing up. If you look at the division, Aaron Rodgers' future is uncertain going forward. The Lions are a train wreck, even though they almost beat the Vikings twice, ended up going one-and-one against the Purple. And the Chicago Bears are a complete disaster, probably going in a new direction. They're in rebuild mode. We have no idea if they have a quarterback. Is there a chance, 
and, and once again, we've only got a couple of minutes. Is there a chance that the Wilfs sit down with Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer and say, you know what, if Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay, there is a golden opportunity in the division if we just stand pat, build with what we have. I know that sounds nuts at this moment, but I've been thinking about it during the day. Yeah, I think it's a great question, and since you don't have much time, I'll be succinct to say the division really hasn't been the problem. They've played well against the Packers and lost to lots of other teams because Cousins is so up and down all the time. That's not going to change. And the other thing I would say this is that last year you would have told me the Cincinnati Bengals were the biggest mess in the NFL, and then all of a sudden they're good. Teams turn around quickly in the NFL. The Lions could be much better. The Bears could be much better quickly. And also, I don't buy for one second that Aaron Rodgers is leaving after the way things have played out this year. So I I don't think that should be a consideration at all. It should be, how can you win the Super Bowl? Not how can we win the division, not how can you get to 9-8. and eight. How can you win the Super Bowl? Is it with this quarterback, this coach, this GM? They've proven over four years it's not. Yeah, man, you always great and so much Great content at Purple Insider. I am a subscriber, and, of course, there's a lot of audio content as well. How do people find it? Yep, uh, wherever you get your uh, podcast, just type in Purple Insider, and uh, purpleinsider.substack.com is how people can sign up for the newsletter. I, I enjoy the work. you got a lot of great writers. It's fun. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. All right, there he is, Matthew Collar, joining us here from Purple Insider. Big news, Kirk Cousins out Sunday night. In Green Bay, still a lot on the line. Oh, boy, the the, the drama. It, it just never ceases to amaze me. College football playoff, Alabama wins a cover. They beat Cincinnati in a yawner at Jerry World down at Arlington 27-6. Cincinnati, the first uh, non-Power 5 team to get into the playoff. They get beat 27-6. I thought it would be a bigger blowout, but Alabama still wins and covers. Michigan and Georgia coming up in the other semifinal down in uh, Miami Gardens at Hard Rock Stadium tonight. Quick break. We'll come back. We'll preview the Timberwolves and the Jazz on this New Year's Eve from Salt Lake. Cal Soderquist in a moment here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. Sports to the max. Happy New Year on this Friday, this New Year's Eve. Timberwolves and Jazz coming up tonight from Salt Lake. They're starting to get the band back together, slowly but surely. And uh, Cal Soderquist is going to join us. He'll take over on the pregame show tonight at 7.30. Alan Horton with all the play-by-play from Salt Lake City tonight. And uh, Cal, slowly but surely, players are starting to come back. A little good news. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like we will have uh, both Anthony Edwards and Jude Vanderbilt uh, available and back in that starting lineup tonight. Um, so that's excellent news. And it's one of those one of those deals. I think we talked about it a little bit yesterday. Um, it's just we're not sure what what version of those guys we'll get. You know, because they've been away, they've they've been in isolation. They only can do so much conditioning wise. I think we saw Pat Beverly go like full of eight from the field in his return uh, on Tuesday in that loss to the Knicks. So hopefully there's less rust for a guy like Anthony Edwards. Um, certainly his offensive production, they could use that in terms of him getting back into the lineup and, and kind of really providing a lift on that end of the floor. Yeah, and I I, I just was really impressed by, and, and we did touch on this uh, on 
Thursday night when you were good enough to join us here on Sports to the Max and talk a little Timberwolves hoops. Going back to that game on Monday night, you know, is it the biggest, most important win of the year for the Timberwolves? No, because as we get into the new year and get closer to uh, the end of the regular season, there's going to be a lot bigger games and a lot more important games, hopefully, for the Timberwolves. But it was a really good win and and shows that even down on the bench in the NBA, there's a lot of good players. Yeah, I think so. I think it was an important win for some of those guys that, that played well and, and maybe forced their way into into more minutes, even when the reinforcements get back and a lot of the guys clear the protocols. You know, Jalen Noel might have more of a of a steady role going forward. Or Nathan Knight, you know you can rely on him if uh, you sustain some injuries in that front court. Or, you know, if guys suffer foul trouble on a given night. So it was important in that aspect. And then also, you know, when you consider all the teams in the NBA are, are dealing with – you know, some extent of, of COVID cases on their team and they're playing shorthanded. Some teams are, are dealing with it, um, you know, in, in minor fashion. Um, other teams have had games postponed and are really hurting. Uh, but everyone's going to have to tread water for at least a couple weeks. And I think when you get, you get to the other side of it, you'll look back and say, man, any of those wins that we were able to, to scrap and, and fight our way through, those will be valuable in the sense that, you know, it kept you afloat and now you're in an even better position when you get back to full strength and you want to try to make a climb up the standing. So I think that's why a win like Monday is really important. And I know the Wolves probably would have loved to have stolen one earlier last week on that road trip in, in Dallas and Utah. And, and maybe maybe they have a chance to do that on, on this trip as they slowly start to get some guys back into the rotation um, steal a couple on this trip, and you'll feel even better about yourselves. One thing we do know uh, about the Timberwolves is that when, when everyone's together, there, there has been this sense that they, they're sticking together and there's a growing confidence in what they're doing. Even though the record is, isn't totally showing it right now, you get the sense that it continues to build and Chris Finch has these guys believing in a system and they continue to preach defense. There was a quote, uh, you know, and Patrick Beverly and his presence and continuing to harp on defense, that, that you can play good defense night in and night out, even if the shots aren't falling. And, and as we move into the new year and get into the final half of the season, that could really pay dividends for this group. I think so. I think it's, you know, kind of, kind of a credit to the locker room and, and sort of the, uh, the atmosphere that, some of the leaders on the team have established. And I think, you know, the way that Pat Beverly has come in and he hasn't necessarily forced his leadership style on this team and on these players, uh, but everyone's been such a willing listener and a willing learner in terms of all the wisdom that he has and all the experience that Pat Bev has. Um, these guys have really embraced him, and I think it's allowed him to quickly sort of enter this team in his first year, and, and he's one of the leaders now alongside guys like Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. Um, and really everyone on the team has a voice. You know, Jared Vanderbilt speaks up quite a bit. He sets the tone with his defense. And I, I think you can just tell it's a connected group. You can see especially, um, you know, the guys that were on the bench. You know, Pat Beverly, he made his return to action on Tuesday, but he was cleared of the protocols on Monday and practice with the team so that meant he was on the sideline and, and no one was 
uh, happier for guys like Jalen Noel or Nathan Knight than a guy like Pat Bev. So I think when you see, you know, the bench react to strong play like that, guys are picking each other up. Um, you know, it, it's just a, it's a, it's a team that's together. And I think it's really helped them. You know, we've seen them hit some low spots. They've had some embarrassing losses. They've had some losing streaks. And now with, you know, half of your, your regular roster entering the protocols over this last week, I think the, the, the connection and the chemistry that this team has has probably been something that's helped them weather this storm, just like we've seen them do earlier in the season. They'll close out the year, New Year's Eve, in Salt Lake against the Jazz. Very tough team for sure. It'll be a big challenge for these shorthanded Timberwolves again. Cal, what do you got coming up on the pregame show starting at 7.30? Uh, Alan had a chance to catch up with Anthony Edwards uh, yesterday at, at practice. Ant had uh, rejoined the team at practice, and he's set to go tonight, like we mentioned. So we'll catch up with him and, and find out. We know him. We know how excited Ant probably yeah. is to get back out there and play after such a layoff. He's a guy that enjoys playing so much. Um, and then, of course, we'll get the latest from head coach Chris Finch. You know, just a few minutes before tip, we'll check in with him and uh, see how the Wolves will try to attack this this really, really good jazz team. All right, Cal, always good to visit with you. Thanks so much for the time and look forward to the pregame. And then, of course, Cal back at the half and postgame here on a New Year's Eve. Happy New Year, Cal. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Steve. Have a good New Year, you and the listeners. All right, there he is, Cal Soderquist, uh, getting ready for that pregame show here in about 31 minutes on the home of the Timberwolves News Talk, 830-WCCO, and that is good news, Anthony Edwards coming back. Uh, Another NBA headline, uh, one of the great Sam Jones, clutch scorer, won 10 titles with the Celtics during their dynasty in the late 50s and 60s. Has died at the age of 88. The Sam Jones bank shot, one of the legends, has died at the age of 88. We have all the news, all the weather coming up at 7. Then we'll talk high school hoops. James Ware from Top Rated Park Center will talk about his team. He's got a player headed to the U next year to play for Ben Johnson. That's coming up here on News Talk, E3O-W-C-C-O. Happy New Year from all of us here at News Talk, K3OWCCO to you and yours. Hopefully you'll stay warm and safe. It's going to be a chilly Saturday, the NHL's Winter Classic at Target Field. Oh, my. Um, I don't know. That's too cold for me. Uh, Alabama beats Cincinnati in the college football playoff semifinal number one, 27-6. They win and cover it. Not a very exciting game, but a terrific performance. Uh, Brian Robinson Jr., career-high 204 yards, and they head for another championship game. Heisman Trophy winner Bryce Young threw three touchdown passes, and once again, Alabama wins at 27-6. Michigan and Georgia, uh, they are underway right now, and... Georgia had an early 7-0 victory in that game, and we'll talk more college football. Actually, Steve, uh, instant update from Miami. Georgia is up 14-0. Michigan just getting their second crack at uh, possession here late in the first quarter. So uh, Georgia uh, has had the ball twice. They've scored twice. Not a good look for the Michigan Wolverines in this one. So 
Uh, we'll, we'll get into more college football a little bit later on. We've got the Timberwolves and Jazz. Right now we're going to talk high school hoops, top-ranked Park Center, and head coach James Ware joins us on the line. James, Happy New Year. I hope you're doing well. Yes, I am. Happy New Year to you as well, Steve. Yeah, good to visit with you, and uh, your your team is playing great early in the season and played in a very special event over the holidays. Yeah, we did. We did. Uh, the, the Minnesota uh, Black Basketball Co- Coaches Association put on the first ever, ever uh, George Memorial uh, Classic, and um, and it was awesome. Uh, we brought up uh, Houston, Houston Yates, which is George Floyd's former high school, uh, the coaches, the coaches there, you know, knew him well. Uh, we brought a, brought another undefeated team from Chicago, Chicago or, um, and then, uh, Minneapolis North participated and, and Park Center participated. It was an awesome event over at North Central University, right downtown. Yeah. And your, uh, your team played well and beat Minneapolis North last time out 67 to 55 and of course uh, a lot of golden gopher fans are uh, familiar with Braden carrington 35 points in that game he's headed for the u and will play for ben johnson you, you got to be thrilled to have uh one more year with Braden. i i, I am i mean Braden braden's been great i mean he, we, we you know he's been with us since he was a you know freshman and you know played in the traveling program before that and uh i mean he, he's an outstanding outstanding human being awesome kid uh i'm excited for the for for well for for us first you know finish our season uh hopefully make it to the state tournament and make a run in the tournament um but but his future is very bright with the gophers yeah and and that that's just uh that's just awesome and and i've had a chance to see him play as well i've done some of your games on on cable tv or prep spotlight.tv and you know, you, you could see early on that that he was something special, and you've had some really good players come through Park Center. Yeah, you know, he he kind of had to sit sit and wait his turn during the you know some of the the, the years of the, the Dane Danger, the right. you know the, the the Tommy Chapman, Josh Brown, you know, the uh, Tavius Friars, and some 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 of those uh, some of those years he was he was just a sophomore. Um, but you know, I mean, e- even that, you know, his freshman and sophomore year, he was playing against very, very high level players and he was just kind of absorbing it all in, uh, absorbing some of the, the toughness that those guys had. And, and, uh, you know, last year, you know, I mean, he's a gamer, you know, when the lights come on and, and that's what I'm excited about, you know, just for, for, you know, Minnesota, Minnesotans in general, just to be able to see his talent. Cause he's one of those kids, he's easy to, he's easy to support. Uh, he's soft-spoken. He's humble, but when he gets on the court, he just he kind of goes for it, and it's yeah. um, it's awesome to watch. Well, you you and I have talked about this, and I've lived most of my life in the northern suburbs of Hennepin County, so Brooklyn Center, Brooklyn Park, Champlin, Osseo, That's home for me. That's where I live. That's that's where I raise my family, and. Um, there's so many good players. Park it, Center, yeah, Champlain I, Park, I, Maple Grove, Osseo. I mean, it, it's as good as it gets. It, it, it is. It is. They're, they're, you know, I will say this. I mean, high school basketball in general in the state of Minnesota across the board is really, really good. I mean, you know, we've we've caught up to a lot of the, you know, a lot of the, the you know, we used to be the small time, you know, Minnesotans and, and you know, we couldn't compete. You know, with the the Chicago, the big cities, right. and the, the California, the, some of those. But 
that's changed. I mean, it's changed probably, you know, it started to change probably, you know, 15, 16, 17 years ago, but it's, it's, it's certainly, I mean, you, you could take some of the top uh, teams in Minnesota and you could take them to any, any, uh, any large state and they could compete uh, and, and be considered, you know, some of the best in, in any of those places. So, I mean, I, I just encourage anybody, you know, you want to, you want to play, you know, four or five, six bucks to go see a high school basketball game. There's tons of them going around. Uh, oftentimes, people don't know where to look, but Minnesota uh, Basketball Hub, um, you know, dot com is where you know you can find what's happening nightly uh, in your area. And there's there just I, you know there's a there's a ton of good basketball up here, but there's a lot of good basketball being played everywhere right now. Well, it, it would be fun, and and I know we've talked about this to sit down. Let's say in the last ten years, just in northern Hennepin County, in those schools I talked about, Park Center, <laughs> Champlain Park, Osseo, and Maple Grove, and put together an all-star All right. team from those schools over the last 10 years. Ooh, look, look at the I names like on that list. There, there'd, be some, there'd be some good, like, to put your, your, you know, your, your team together, your top five or ten, with, with oh. the likes of McKinley Wright recently and Brad Davison and – you know, Dame Danger, and you know, I mean, you know, I mean, Maple. You know, again, all all the schools that you've named. <laughs> I mean, there's there are tons and tons of guys. Uh, you know, I mean, we Steve, we 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 counted the other day, and in the last six years, we we've had sixteen sixteen guys. We got sixteen guys currently playing high school basketball, or excuse, excuse me, college basketball. Um, at, at various levels, um, oh, awesome. you know, but, but many of them have, have all gotten scholarships and moved on. And that's just from Park Center, right? So, you know, you got Champlin, who's, who's been doing the same thing, Maple Grove, you know, Osseo, uh, just, just right up here in this immediate area. It, it's awesome. You know, Totino Grace is really good right now. So it's, it's just, it's awesome. Yeah, it, it is a lot of fun to, to see the quality of play, and you got a big one. Speaking of games to put on the schedule, um, I'm not doing anything next Friday night. I won't be working the game, <laughs> but I'm going to make a trip over to Osseo to see Park Center in Osseo. That, that's a great gym, and it's a great rivalry. That should be fun. It is. It is. You know, Co- Coach Tyson and I. You know, we're 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 friends, but I mean, it, it's it couldn't. I, I got to be honest with you. You know, again, I'm a Hopkins guy. You know, I went to Hopkins High School and, and sure. the whole thing. So, so I didn't quite understand these rivalries. You know, until I until I stepped foot in them, and uh, you know, but it it will be the the, the gym over at Osseo will for sure be rocking, and it, it's just a lot of fun. I mean, it's good. I mean, I'm I, you know I, I know we are still in the middle of a pandemic, but it is outstanding to see people back in the stands. You know, and um, you know, you know, getting loud and, and, and it's, it's just, it's just great for the kids. I think it's great for the schools. Uh, it, it's just awesome. Yeah. And that, that is a big one uh, to get the new year started. And certainly you played some tough teams earlier in the year, James, um, you know, a, a hard fought win over Edina early, a hard fought win over De La Salle, Wyzetta. Uh, you, you definitely played some, some good teams early. Yeah, we well, we you know we 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 knew we had you know we knew we had a good team you know obviously you know there's more to our team than 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 Brayton you know there's Leo Torbor who by the way started in our program as a nine B basketball player so for those of you who 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 got a kid on a B team just tell them stick with it 
you know, uh, you never know. He, he, he signed a Division One scholarship with Tim Miles out at uh, San Jose State. Uh, we got, you know, Cody Penbaker, uh, you know, Ayuba birthday. My son, J.J. Ware, is a junior. Uh, we just – and I could keep going down the, the roster, but, you know, we, we do. We got a really good team. Uh, they're really unselfish kids. They're good kids. They're hardworking kids. Um, you know, we, we knew we were, we, we were going to be pretty good, um, you know, we didn't necessarily think we'd be seven and zero sitting here seven and zero, but um, but you know, like I said, you just you take it one game at a time, and and uh, you know you keep you keep rolling. Yeah, uh, hopefully I'll be able to see your team play a bunch uh, down the stretch. Once upon a time, my uh, dad was a teacher and coach at Park Center, so like I say. Uh, Jim's not far away. Osseo's not far away from my li- where I live, so I got no excuses to not get out and see the Pirates play a bunch upcoming well, here in the conference season. Well, let let me know. I'll try. I'll get you on the pass list. I'll save you six bucks. All right. <laughs> well, then then there's more money for popcorn. Uh, right. So no, right. it's a deal, James, and and hopefully I'll be able to work some of your games between now and the end of the season. I, I hope to see you. Thanks for having me. All right, always good to visit with you. Happy New Year, James. Yeah, you too. Take care. There he is, James Ware. Uh, great guy, head coach, Park Center Pirates. They're ranked number one and off to a great start this season, 7-0. and And they uh, played in that uh, first-ever uh, George Floyd tournament in Minneapolis. They beat Orr Academy on Tuesday and then beat Minneapolis North on Wednesday night, 67-55, and then a big showdown. At Osseo next Friday night at 7 o'clock. It is 7-18. Quick break. We'll come back. We'll have all the headlines from the day in sports. Kirk Cousins out. He's on the COVID-19 list. And the Timberwolves and Jazz play tonight. We'll get Jonathan Lowe's thoughts on the college football playoffs so far. Here on News Talk. 830-WCCO. Kirk Cousins on the COVID-19 list. Huge sports news today. Will not play Sunday night in Green Bay. The math is still simple. Minnesota with a little help, and they win their final two, get into the playoffs. If they get beaten Green Bay, probably not very likely. Mike Zimmer, Rick Spielman on the hot seat. We'll see. Uh, One thing you won't find a hot seat at Target Field on Saturday night, the NHL's Winter Classic, brutal wind chills expected uh, for that one. um, If you're going to the game, bundle up. Good luck. Um, Not for me. uh, Way too cold. And there is a wind chill advisory going into effect. A wind chill warning just outside the metro area, but uh, the Twin Cities area south and east into Wisconsin under that wind chill advisory. All right, on to the college football playoff. Alabama beats Cincinnati 27-6. to Bama in control. They win. They cover Jonathan Lowe. Your thoughts on game one of the playoff? Unfortunately, it was what was expected. It wasn't yep. what was hoped for, but it was what was expected. Um, you know, the the Bama team that showed up, was kind of it wasn't necessarily the team that showed up in the uh, SEC championship game, right? But it was kind of like what New England did at Buffalo in the NFL a few weeks ago in that in those horrible conditions. They they didn't pass a lot. The the tide did not pass a lot. They relied on the running game, and Brian Robinson just went up and over and and around all the Cincinnati defenders up on the line, and so it was unfortunately what 
you could expect. Again, not hoped for by about 80, 90% of the country, but <laughs> right. it was it was what was expected. And so congrats to Alabama on yet another championship appearance. It's just the, the cycle of college football continues. And Georgia, a dominant lead over Michigan, uh, 14-0 after one. They're now early in the second quarter. And, and Jonathan, I, I don't have it on in the studio at the moment, but you do. And Georgia, what, they score on their first two? Yeah, first two possessions. They're currently okay. on their third possession, and they have just gotten a long run from their quarterback, Stetson Bennett, to get it within just around the Michigan 25. So they're driving again to go up three scores after three possessions. And... Michigan did have a little bit of a drive early in the game, their first possession, after Georgia took the opening kickoff and scored. But they got stopped on fourth down. They got the ball over midfield, did the Wolverines, and got stopped fourth down, turned the ball over, and they just really haven't had the ball. Georgia's controlled the clock, the tempo, the game, and Michigan just hasn't had a ton of plays yet again. This is just Georgia's third possession. It's already two minutes into the second quarter, so they're doing a good job of not only holding on to the ball but running down the clock early on in the game. So there it is, Georgia leading Michigan well on their way. You know Georgia would love another shot at Alabama. A couple other things as we close out the new year. Top stories, and I thought about this all day. Top stories locally, it's got to go to SUNY Lee from St. Paul, winning the women's gymnastics all around. Simone Biles stepped away. Suni Lee stepped into the spotlight and won one of the most prestigious events in the Summer Olympic Games, and that is the women's gymnastics all around. So that is a huge, huge story. Byron Bugston being uh, re-upped. Kirill Kaprizov, a magical rookie season and appears to be the real deal at the end of this season. And then nationally, Uh, There's a couple of stories that stand out to me. Tiger Woods' horrific car accident and his recovery and his miraculous return to golf. Now, granted, it was in the PNC Championship, an exhibition with his son, Charlie, but they almost won the thing and almost beat John Daly and John Daly's son in that event. So, So that is a tremendous story as well from 20. 21 that stands out in the world of sports. Jonathan, I, I don't know if you have any beyond that, but but if you're, you're going to pick something out that, that really stands out on the local sports scene, it's got to be SUNY Lee. And then beyond that, um, and, and that's coupled with Simone Biles, certainly a gigantic story during the Summer Olympic Games and her stepping away and not continuing to compete, actually coming back later in the games to compete. And then, of course, Tiger Woods almost dying in a car wreck and and coming back to play at the end of 2021. I mean, you got to look at the champions real quick, the Atlanta Braves winning in, in winning sure. the World Series, the Milwaukee Giannis. Bucks winning their first ever – I'm not their first ever, I'm sorry, their first uh, NBA title in over 50 years. And, and Brady. And, of course, Tom Brady. Yeah. Googly-eyed yeah. Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got to run. Timberwolves jazzed from Salt Lake. Big thanks to Jonathan Lowe. Big thanks to Matthew Collard, James Ware, and Cal Soderquist. Cal standing by with the pregame show here in the home of the Wolves. News Talk, E3O WCCO. Happy New Year. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 